0: Coming up this week, off screen. There's virtual insanity with Ready Player One. Wes Anderson visits the Isle of Dogs. Prom night gets some blockers. Paddy Considine is the journeyman. Bella Thorne bathes in midnight sun. There's a look at the life of Antonio Lopez. J.K. Simmons is a bachelor. And there's an awkward lunchtime for the islands and the whales. All of us coming more off screen.
1: This is this is off screen. Off screen. Off screen. Latest film news
0: and reviews. This is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show.
1: Oh, welcome to Offscreen. I'm Van Connor.
0: I am Case Allen. And we are in two
1: completely different locations this week. So you are in the north, I am in the south. Yes, it's it's like
0: Game of Thrones.
1: It kind of is, yeah. Yeah. We're we're totally Danny and John in this occasion. That's what that is.
0: Yeah, you've got to tune in next week to uh, see if we finally get together. (laughs) <laughs> or, if, or if we're like nephew and uh, ne- nephew and aunt kind of thing. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler,
1: yeah. spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, yeah. Okay, so obviously the reason we are in two different locations is because the Easter weekend is a long Easter weekend. And so because of the bank holiday on Monday, there's no screenings. So the screenings have been moved to Thursday. And so if I, want, if I want to review Death Wish next week...
0: Which, of course, uh, we do, yeah.
1: Of course, you and I have to talk about Death Wish. Um, I have to stick around here today to see films tomorrow... So why not? So before we do the news, the reviews, all of, and we've got some great reviews because you've you've been to films with me this week.
0: I went down to London Town. I had a great you time. Yeah. You, you came, I stayed. So <laughs> you know, we uh, we had a
1: day of really good films as well, which yes, was like yeah. un- unheard of for us. I loved it. Very very it was, good day. We started off strong. We finished strong. It was a good solid day. Yeah. Uh, so before we get to all that, then we're going to need a piece of news to kick us off this week, Mister Allen. So what you got for me? <laughs>
0: I've got you covered. Um, do you know about uh, Fox Marvel Universe trying to set up all the X Men films that they're so proud of? Yeah, is, this is the one that's
1: seemingly now actually been taken seriously again because Deadpool and Logan were actually successful and critically liked.
0: Exactly. So, thought let's, let's do it. Let's let's go all in. Let's release three films in 2018. That ain't going to happen. It ain't now. No, not what I'm hearing now. Haven't they? No. They've delayed pretty much all of them except Deadpool, haven't they? Except for Deadpool, because. Everybody wants Deadpool. Everybody loves Deadpool. Everybody <laughs> loves Deadpool. So, uh, New Mutants was originally supposed to be coming out in April. Supposed to be coming that out. The what? That's the horror one. That's the that's the, the tween horror.
1: One ah, year. yeah. Maisie Williams isn't it? Maisie Williams from Game of Maisie Thrones. Maisie
0: Williams, um, uh, Anya Taylor Joy, really good yes. cast to be fair, good cast. But um, that got delayed until February of next year, and oh, now wow. it's been delayed again. So Look. we're going to wait until August of next year now.
1: August of next year. Yeah,
0: yeah. and apparently the reason is. Uh, 50% of the film is going to be reshot. Wow, okay, that does not bode well. It doesn't, really... but I, I really like the director, and hopefully it'll it, it'll be good. Is it Josh Boone directing that? Josh Boone did uh, before in Our Stars and other oh, uh, oh, as well, but I can't remember. So he has a
1: pedigree with teens.
0: He does, he seems to know what he's doing, but I, I don't know, might be creative differences, I feel. Right, and so. then the, the other one is uh, uh, X-Men... Uh, Dark Phoenix. Oh, this is, yeah, the sequel to Apocalypse with,
1: yeah, the actual Dark Phoenix. And yes, this has yes. been bumped as well.
0: It has, yeah. So this is now coming out in February of next year.
1: Did I hear that this was because they need to do basic uh, additional photography, basic reshoots, but they can't get the cast uh, free at the same time until like late in the year?
0: Yeah, pretty much that, because it's it's a pretty big cast, pretty big that'll, A-list cast.
1: That'll teach you to have, uh, you know, a big ensemble cast that includes Michael Fassbender and Jennifer Lawrence, won't it?
0: Exactly. Yeah, he really will.
1: I feel bad for like Nicholas Holt because he'll have been the only guy that was free. You know, the rest are all busy. <laughs> his, his whole schedule would be wide open. <laughs> again.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, so when so that uh, Dark Phoenix is now February, so next year. Yeah, which I think is interesting because February has become a new time for superhero films to be released. After Deadpool one coming out in February, And Panther <laughs> cleaning up, obviously this year, so February is kind of when superhero season starts. Now it seems. Yeah,
1: excellent. Well, it seems like the summer is getting earlier every year, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it'll sign in like December
1: next time. Yeah, <laughs> probably. So, uh, before we get to our first review of this week, which is a film you've seen, I'm very happy to say this is this is a yes, great novelty is. for me. Being, a, I've made sure that we're actually in the radio edit. We're actually reviewing the films that we've we'll talk seen. About together. Films we've seen together. Yeah. yeah, Island and the Wales we're saving for podcast extras though, and uh, because there's so many big ones this week, it's a really it's strong a week. great
0: week. Yeah. And
1: well, speaking well, of podcasts. So, speaking of podcast extras, if you uh, want to hear extra reviews, because there's about three or four films we can't fit in the actual sh- in the radio show in the actual show itself, uh, download the podcast editions on Acast, iTunes, Deezer, podcast platform of preference. Uh, download off screen. One word in there, and after the end credits, you get uh, lots of more
0: filmic goodness and uh, some Nicholas Cage. Does Nicolas Cage count- after Nicolas Cage? Does, Does he, he count is- filmic goodness? He's absolutely. F- he is the like embodiment of filmic goodness. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He is the Italian-American encapsulation of Filmic Goodness. We always forget he's Italian-American, don't
0: we? Yeah, uh, Captain Corelli of uh, Filmic Goodness. <laughs>
1: oh, God, what a movie.
0: Uh, okay,
1: so let's talk about, uh, speaking of what a movie, let's talk about Journeyman first and foremost this week. Yeah, let's do that. So we, you and I had the pleasure of seeing this on Monday. Uh, this is the second directorial effort from Paddy Considine after Tyrannosaur. Was that six years ago, Tyrannosaur? Yeah, if
0: not a little bit longer, actually. Mm. Yeah.
1: Well, that one didn't star Paddy Considine. This one does, so he's actually directing himself for the first first time and so the, he this is he is uh, he is Matty he is a boxer he's relatively successful he's, he's the, the world champion I believe at the beginning of the film uh, he defends his title against a new rival and um, he is injured in the process he takes a head injury that leaves him brain damaged so his speech and his motor functions and his uh, his general cognitive reasoning skills are all kind of impaired and this puts a strain on his marriage on his ability as a parent his wife played by Jodie Whittaker aka the new Doctor who yo. Know? Yeah. Um it Basically destroys his world. He has to rebuild not only his life but his entire personality from the ground up as he learns to rediscover who he is and, and what he can physically do and what he can't. Uh, we have a clip of uh, of him uh, being shown a photo of his, his entourage, as it were. Who's that?
0: that's
1: Jackie. Mm-hmm. He's in your corner. Oh, mm-hmm. who's that? That's Richie. He's your trainer. Right. Mm. And my dad?
0: Yeah, you know him? Yeah. him? Yeah. That's Matt. I'm Matt.
1: No, you're Matt, That's Matt.
0: Yeah, Matt. Mm. That's me. Oh.
1: Yeah. I'm my friends?
0: Yeah.
1: What are they? That's
0: a good question.
1: So I quite like this film. It's Jodie Whittaker and Paddy Considine.
0: It was very strong, I thought. Yes, I definitely agree. Yeah.
1: Do you, I think I think he's definitely got the goods as a director. I think he works very well.
0: Yeah, I think I'd just like to see him do it more often, really. Just like every couple of years instead of waiting six or seven years between projects. Because... Although this is like it's it is a drama, obviously, it's completely different to Tyrannosaur in feel, like the way that it plays. It's a completely different film.
1: It's a very I mean, despite the subject matter, it's quite a glossy film in comparison to Tyrannosaur, which was a very gritty, very kitchen sink kind of a film. This oh, yeah. is, exactly. this is a lot more
0: upper middle class, glossy, chrome and chrome and nice clean glass. It is. And I think the way you described it is accurate without it sounding insulting. It's like a very high quality ITV drama. That's it. And you do think, because you do come away from it and think, okay, if he didn't star Paddy Considine
1: and Jodie Whittaker, who are both excellent in it, if he didn't star them, you could feasibly have seen this as a two part ITV drama. Definitely. You know, all the rage at the minute. And actually, Jodie Whittaker's been in
0: a few of them. Well, she she was in uh, Broadchurch, wasn't she? She was in Broadchurch. She was in that one recently where she was the fake doctor. Trust me. I think it was called. She was and now she's gonna be, be
1: the actual doctor. She's a fake doctor, but, now she's the doctor. So that yeah. Is fantastic but I, uh, I did like this very much I think I have issues with it I mean I managed to enjoy it in spite of what I think are a couple of flaws I think Jodie Whittaker's what, what your, what your key, key flaws I think Jodie Whittaker's character is kind of sidelined about halfway through and I think it, it, because the film isn't a film about story so much as it is character it is, it is about overcoming adversity overcoming your disability and well not so much overcoming but embracing and, and utilizing what you can through your disability um, it's, it seems weirdly misguided to me that his his chief support base is kind of relegated to the sidelines for about the last half hmm. um on a writing level as well that they in the clip for instance you know she said uh, where are your friends that's a good question the film doesn't really ever resolve that his friends just seem to bugger off for you know a few weeks and then turn up you know like, it doesn't you never mention yeah. it. It never comes up any no if,
0: discussion. If, if there was more from from them about why they buggered off, and <laughs> yeah. there's, there's, there's like a couple of scenes where they apologise for being absent when you yeah. need them the most. But I wish I really knew why. But that's it. And none of them ever say, "Oh, we you know we just
1: couldn't bear to see you like that," or "or you know, it broke our hearts and we needed to exactly you know, it's something yeah. like that." We needed some kind of acknowledgement. The film's not quite there. Um, having said that, when it works, it really works. Um, mm. There's a sequence with with Paddy Considine and his rival Boxer, the one who's actually injured him, that I thought actually was played perfectly.
0: I thought, yeah, I thought was that was a great scene.
1: Yeah. Really well done. Mm. But uh I say, I mean, I, I can't I can't say don't say I think it's a very, very good effort. I think it's a really solid directorial effort from Paddy Considine. I think it's a, a gripping drama, but it is a character drama, and it's it's relatively thin on story, if we're honest. Mm. Um, I am glad, though, that they didn't go down the route of he's getting his comeback in the ring, because that would have been really awkward.
0: Yeah, and also we thought there was a point where it was going to go really, really dark. Yeah, there is a moment... Hopefully yeah. yeah, it it didn't do that. Yeah, we, we really thought... we You and I both, on the edge of our
1: seats for about 10 seconds, just perched there, being, please don't do this, please don't do this. They didn't,
0: but they came really close. Really close. <laughs> really close. So uh, you'd recommend it, I assume? Absolutely, yeah. I would probably see it again when it comes onto Netflix or... On iPlayer or some other streaming service. Some other I'm streaming not platform. I am, I am not biased. <laughs> you're, not, you're an equal opportunity
1: streamer. That's fine. I am, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> In which, yeah, I mean, I, I recommend it wholeheartedly. Um, I don't think it's as strong a film as Tyrannosaur. No, nor do I, but I, I definitely really enjoyed it. But Tyrannosaur is a very high bar. Isn't it? It's a very, very high bar. Well, for, for your
0: first film as well. That's yeah. pretty great.
1: Yeah, it's First time out the gate and you knock out Tyrannosaur. That is, really, by the way, there's no dinosaurs in Tyrannosaur. If you haven't seen it, there's no dinosaurs. No there, dinosaurs. There is, however, a Peter Mullen.
0: So, and, and any film with Peter Mullen is like 20% better than most films. Exactly. It is, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. A film can only be so Scottish before Peter Mullen turns up, as we've always said. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, let's go to the jump. We'll come back. We'll get the box office top five out of the way, and we'll talk more fun at the movies this weekend. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen.
0: screen mm-hmm. my
1: and we're back, Mr. Allen. So um, fun games as usual. You, you have your uh, your list of tweets, I assume. and
0: uh, I've got it handy. I've
1: yeah. got it to hand. And in which case, let's crack on with the box office top five.
0: Number five. The Greatest Hugh Jackman. <laughs> which is 13 weeks in now. It's made all the money. I've got a statistic about uh, The Greatest Jackman. Go on. Um, so, uh, the soundtrack, last time I checked, was mm. still number one in the UK charts. It's just gone platinum today. Hugh yeah, Jackman put it on Twitter, it, didn't he? It's gone platinum. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is incredible. And it's it's just equaled um, the record uh, set by Adele, I think, for like most weeks. My God. It's at the top of the UK chart. That's amazing for a soundtrack. I've not had the it's chance to...
1: Yeah, I've not had the chance to revisit it myself. Like, I, I really want to, though. I want to see it a second time. And, uh, I mean, I would love to see it in a crowded audience like you did. You got to see it with an audience that, you know, knew it and appreciated and was singing along and
0: really into it. Yeah, that's the best way to see it, I think, is seeing it with people that really enjoy it. You will really enjoy it more, I think. The thing as well, but that's interesting about it, let me say, it's been three months. Three months this thing is still
1: in the top five. It's made yeah. so much money. Uh, I think it was Robbie Collins who wrote a piece this last week that called it um, the greatest word-of-mouth hit for a generation, mm. which is probably actually accurate. <laughs> it's pretty accurate, I would say that. So someone tweeted on the matter, has someone tweeted to the effect of it being a word-of-mouth uh, smash?
0: Uh, yeah, and I don't think you get more like appreciative or hyperbolic Vanviss tweet Oh, excellent! I'm looking well, forward to this. Then let's have a look. Um, so, uh Katya says, "Thank you so much um, at Greatest Showman." Love heart emoji. This is an amazing movie with a wonderful sense, but inspires me. It's so cool that one movie can change you. Wow, that is that is really glowing. Yeah. yeah. So Katya has been changed, and I thought it was fine. You thought it was fine? Katya's life was changed? Swings and roundabouts. Number four, Tomb
1: Raider. Which I liked. I had I had fun with Tomb Raider. In fact, it inspired me to actually go and play the game. It's based on the 2013 reboot game, which I'm very much enjoying. I must admit. Yeah, I feel like we should call this one Tomb Raider: The Game, the movie. Pretty much, yeah, or Tomb Raider Reboot, or Tomb Raider th- to 2013 brackets 2018. Yeah, <laughs> makes more sense. Yeah. Um, the thing that's interesting because I mean, I, I enjoyed the film. I think the film is quite a romping, uh, quite, quite a romping, enjoyable sort of action thriller, really adventure thriller. I would say. I think Alicia Vikander works very well in the role. I think she's got the physical chops. for. I think she's got the right presence for this incarnation of the character. The accent's a little dodgy. I would like to see more of uh, Walton Goggins, He you know, give, him given more to do, because I think he's one of the best actors around. I'm sure you agree on that. But, oh, absolutely, yeah. But uh, unfortunately, his character really doesn't require that. His character really is a man hired to do a job, and that's fine. It you know, works for the story. Having said that, because I played the game... The thing that has impressed me genuinely, and this is knowledge you wouldn't really have unless you went and played that game. I'm sure your uh, your housemate, I think, has played them, hasn't he?
0: Uh, yeah, he's a big fan of them. Yeah, of, of, the, of the new ones and the original as well. Has he seen the film out of interest? Yes, he has. Did he Did he enjoy? Because I'm curious what a, what a fan actually thinks. He enjoyed
1: it because he is such a fan of the new games. Right, this was, this was my thing. So I was playing yeah. the games, and I noticed all the big action p- action set pieces from the movie are sort of end-of-level moments in the game. <laughs> like the bit with, right. I actually did the bit with the plane the other day. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. It's just like it was in the movie. It's just like, yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And having looked into like the plot of it, I think what they've done is they've quite cleverly merged the plots of the two games into one movie.
0: It's one movie,
1: and it does really work. It's—I mean—it's depressing that Dominic West is old enough to have you know a full-grown adult daughter, but you know that's time for you. Yep, yeah. he still looks good. He still, he still looks, looks all right. I hope I look as good. I I like half as good as Dominic West when I'm his age. <laughs> would not be so lucky. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, how old is Dominic West now? Oh, he's got to be—he's got to be in his early fifties, surely. Yeah, I, don't I would know. think so. I mean, you know, I'm sure you're going to age like Jeff Goldblum, and I'll—I'll I'll aim for Dominic West, but. uh
0: if i if i'm gonna age like jeff goldblum i i would be so so lucky i think <laughs> you just need those a bit, you need those cool <laughs> shoes. that's the biggest compliment you need the shoes that's what it is. i need the shoes yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, has anyone tweeted on tomb raider someone has indeed that person is that person doesn't really have a name it's just a bunch of letters that's so. okay so bunch what does bunch of letters said about tomb raider at Windings shall we like, say at Windings I love it <laughs> at Windings says um, uh, two made a movie it was so good um, I really love I really love it to watch action movies like this and I feel like Alicia Vikander was born for this movie heart emoji and then face with those like heart eye emoji things
1: oh lo- I lo- mean love struck kind of face
0: I never freeze Number three. Uh, your boy, T'Challa. Ah, T'Challa.
1: I'm such a fan of T'Challa. Um, I think Black Panther is the best superhero movie we've had in a few years, and it's been a very strong few years for superhero movies. I would argue mm. that this is the first completely A-grade superhero film since probably The Avengers. That that would be, for, for yeah. my money, I think the first all-round, ticking every box, pleasing everybody superhero movie that's actually well-made on a cinematic level since The
0: Avengers... I've heard, I've heard people say Dark Knight, but I I could say Avengers. Because I obviously love Avengers. Oh, Dark Knight's I a know. masterpiece. I feel like it's of course, yeah. But I think
1: Avengers takes it to a slightly more popcorn-y level than the Dark Knight. Dark Knight is a bit more academic, I think, as a film than, uh, for instance, the Avengers. And I think Dark, Knight, uh, Dark Knight, yeah. Black Panther kind Black of Panther. straddles that cultural
0: line in between, between being a, a pure popcorn film and being... It does, yeah. yeah. And Ryan Coover did such an incredible job. Did a great, great job with it. That's That's it, because it's an amazing-looking film. It's so vibrant and colourful, and the landscapes are just stunning. It's amazing, yeah. And the performances live up to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, One thing that I've not really been appreciating up until the last week or so has been the soundtrack and the score. Yes, but the score seems to get continuously overlooked in favour of the soundtrack, doesn't it? But that's the thing, I think, because Kendrick Lamar did the soundtrack, but the score... The score was like so layered and so kind of I don't know, just just real. It is
1: a rich score. I remember who did it. Yeah,
0: now. who did the score for that? Uh, Ludwig uh, Gorenson, who's done all of Ryan Kugler's films, yes. including his first like student films uh, at college. Wow, really? And he's yeah, he's, he's worked with Donald Glover, so with Charles Gambino oh, stuff. Of course, yeah. and- I remember, yeah, reading, he's,
1: he's I remember reading that he'd gone to South Africa as part of the research for Black Panther, and he'd gotten like really into this cultural uh, musical instruments and, and how music actually yeah. worked in tribal culture. And it shows. That, that, that level of work shows. Um, do, hmm. By any chance, does our tweet have to do with the soundtrack again?
0: Because we always get those. Do you know what? No, it does not. Oh, my God. Soundtrack. Okay, I'm looking forward to this. Then what was our tweet I had to say? So, um, at Miss Lily says, oh. Guys, Last night, I saw my first ever Marvel movie. Good Lord. Black Panther, in bold lettering, and I fudging loved it. Fudging. <laughs> only, she, only she didn't say fudging. <laughs> okay, right. Um, I, I really want a Black Panther costume. Hot actors, too. Oh, boy. Well, who can Obviously, do Obviously, a big fan of Forrest Whitaker there. I mean, that he is a handsome man. He is.
1: Number two.
0: Pacific Rim uprising which have you seen oh yeah i, for- I forgot yeah. yeah it's a it's the second
1: one yeah well it was maelstrom originally wasn't it um oh yeah yeah i mean have you
0: have you seen it now no i will i will see it i'll probably see it this week when i'm off I, i'll be really honest I, I i kind of like envy
1: you having not seen it uh, because you, you like the first one as much really? as i do and I've I've got two two eyes and a pulse. Don't I? <laughs> yeah, you've got two eyes, a pulse, and a sense of adrenaline. Of course, you like the first movie. Yeah. Um, but the, the problem is, the heart and soul of that film is completely absent from the second one. The first movie is this great big, weirdly weirdly uh sketched climate change analogy aimed at fifteen-year-olds. Yeah, and then you've got a sequel that's a movie aimed at eight-year-olds and seems to be about toxic relationships, including one that's being held together entirely by the music of Foreigner.
0: Well, I do like Foreigner, but I kind of listen to Foreigner for 90. Yeah, and minutes. it is the only Foreigner song anyone can name
1: as well, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah, so that's kind of sad. I mean, having said that, I mean, I think it's ropey. I don't think it's got any real vision to it. I think it's overly convoluted for what it needs to be, which is strange because it's kind of a dumb movie as well. Um, mm. But having said that. how
0: How is uh, John Boyega? That's it.
1: Having said that, John Boyega, absolutely absolute star quality to it. I forgot that we didn't do the review last week because Colson was on. I, yeah, I, I was on. Oh, it's because I have yeah. seen you in that time. So I, I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't <laughs> able to tell you. But, um, oh, belated happy birthday, by the way.
0: Yes, it it was. it was my birthday, and we went out for barbecue food. And It, it, was, it was, yeah that, that, And then you, you had the day off to recover while we did the show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John. Um, but yeah, John Boyega, absolute star quality in this. You can see he can genuinely lead a big temple movie, and I'd like to see him do it in a better one, to be honest. So, so I would So okay, anyone tweeted them.
0: Yes. At Jim in Slit, I don't know what that means, so I'm just gonna read okay. the uh Pacific Rim was so weird, and then like a weird looking face emoji. The plot was a disaster, but the fighting scenes were good. So I guess if you're going to just watch like Rock'em Sock'em robots fighting giant lizards, you'll have an alright time. Number one. Hashtag not my Peter Rabbit.
1: <laughs> You know, there's a lot of that going around, and not my Peter Rabbit, because it bears absolutely no resemblance to the book you read as a child. And there was that, yeah. that wonderful, you know, very, uh, you know, very quintessentially twee British imagery that goes with the character. Entirely missing, Or what you've basically got is Alvin and the Chipmunks in Britain, with sort of, you know, Richard Curtis's vomit all over it, what it seems to be. And uh, Donald Gleeson and Rose Byrne, and then for some reason, James Corden as Peter Rabbit. And it doesn't work. None of it actually seems to gel, except for the actual human on human scenes. They work; they're fine. You know, Rose Byrne, Donald Gleason. Mm. I would watch them in a rom com. Like, get them. A, I would absolutely get them yeah. a Richard Curtis movie set in the countryside. I'm in. but so, Get me about time two. <laughs> <laughs> about time two. Uh, Daylight savings. There we are. That's a subtitle. <laughs> about time two. Daylight savings definitely yeah there you go dick you you can have that one uh but no i just i couldn't i couldn't settle with it i found it unfocused i found it unfunny it wasn't particularly entertaining it wasn't particularly interesting uh visually there wasn't it wasn't quite as vibrant as you wanted it to be given the material like if if you're going to ignore the imagery of the books at least lean into you know the beautiful countryside the vibrant green colors and the blue skies and but they don't and you think, why no. have you done this? And then you you realize that actually it's, an Ameri- it's the American producer of the uh,
0: Annie remake, so it kind of all makes sense. Yeah, it's the same guy that directed oh, yes. as well, isn't it? Directed Annie <laughs> yeah. and directed a film called Easy which I loved. I I really really like. You know, ECA. I've never seen it. You really I, I, I will like next 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 time we get together for movie night. We'll Sounds ECA. like a plan. Has anyone tweeted us meanwhile about Peter Rabbit? Have they said
1: hashtag yes, not so my and Peter a person- Rabbit?
0: No, they've not, and they disagree with oh. both of us. They say so. Uh, it's uh, at a uh, reptile girl ninety. Okay, she punches
1: robots. Presumably, awesome.
0: I was just going to say, I think she's in a <laughs> uh, the new, uh, Peter Rabbit movie was so good. Definitely recommend it. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, everyone's entitled to an opinion. That one's wrong. That's that's just like your opinion. Yeah, I mean, man.
1: yeah, I mean, uh, uh, opinions are like uh, are like a holes. I'm not going to add anything to that. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> you know? So we need some uh, some film news to take us to uh, our next review then. Um, is there anything going on in the world that I I could possibly know? Something that we might uh, faintly amuse me for five minutes because we're not going to enjoy the next review. I mean, spoiler alert, it's not going to be a good one. Oh, we know. Oh, well, it stars Bella Thorne and Patrick Schwarzenegger. So, you know... <sighs> Of the of the, of the of the
0: Austrian Schwarzenegger, yes. Um, well, the, the news I've got, I feel like we're all going to enjoy, it, and hopefully, we'll enjoy the film okay. when it comes out. So, we've heard for a while that uh, your boy RDJ, my boy dog, your boy, uh, he's been putting together a film about Doctor uh, Dr. When you Do- Do- say he's all? putting together a film about, it sounds like you're making a documentary about
1: Doctor Doolittle, <laughs> you know, the real the, the real guy. Doc- You tell me (laughs) that Dr. Doodle is not real. Well, I mean, I I always assumed he was real, and then Eddie Murphy just made a fictionalized version of it, and that's what happened. Well, Eddie Murphy and Rex Harrison are the same person. I figured that Rex Harrison was just inside an Eddie Murphy suit the entire time, yes. The
0: whole time, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, he uh, announced on uh, Facebook and Twitter and all the social medias – an amazing voice. I guest. saw an image.
1: Isn't there still an image where they're on little circular uh like profile pics?
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's pretty great actually. So the film is gonna be called The Voyage of Doctor mm-hmm. Doolittle. And loads of amazing people are gonna be voicing voicing a bunch of animals. Oh who we pictures. got them who real reel them off for us, sir. Okay. Uh, Emma Thompson is gonna be a parrot called Polynesia. Fair. That that's how it works for me, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I can see that. I, I love this next one. Craig Robinson. <laughs> that's brilliant. He's going to be playing a mouse called Fleming. Amazing. <laughs> Epic. Yep. Yep. Uh, Rami Malek is going to be a gorilla called Chi Rami Malek. I, I like this. Yep. Okay. Uh, Carmen Ejogo. Uh, I can never forget the name. Ejogo is a lioness called uh, Regine. Okay, that works. Uh, Oct- uh, Octavia Spencer is a duck. Wow! Have you noticed that these castings, like
1: for their personality, the castings are almost ironic. Like what they're what they're playing almost yeah. brilliantly contrasts as the opposite of what they actually sort of generally play.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tom Holland is going to be a dog called Jip. Uh, uh, Ray Fiennes will be a tiger called Barry. Wow. Barry the tiger. I really hope. Of, and I really hope that tiger sounds like his character for me. that Bush. would be amazing, wouldn't it? I would. I would, would love that. that. Uh, Mario- uh, uh, Marion Cotillard is uh, gonna be two the fox. Okay. Cool. Very, very very French. Uh uh, Kumail, uh Nonjiani will be Plumpton the ostrich. Love it. Uh, Francis Delator. You now it doesn't say who she's gonna be like the the type of animal. It just says Ginkgo who soars. Ooh. Okay. No so a, a, a bird possibly. I guess. Uh Selena Gomez uh, will be a uh, giraffe but called Betsy kitchen, yeah. and yeah. Of, of course, yeah. And finally, John oh Cena my God. will be a polar bear called Yoshi. Can we just take a moment to
1: appreciate that at some point, John Cena and Robert Downey Jr. will be in a room together, and that is going to be the greatest yes. room on Earth.
0: But uh, More yeah, on more than Cena well, later, obviously, but absolutely and i i think john cena get him as red hulk oh, in the future God, yes
1: that would be amazing
0: <laughs> really, <what? laughs> uh, so speaking of of amazing
1: and coincidentally the ex- exact opposite of that let's talk about midnight sun ah what, yeah, a, seg- segue. what a segue so midnight sun which is this sort of do you remember a walk to remember many many years ago
0: Uh, Well,
1: this is kind of angling to be the sort of new version of that. So Bella Thorne plays Uh, a teenage girl who has... (laughs) Well, I'll, do, I'll, say, I'll save you something that's going to absolutely crease you about her character in a moment. Um, Bella Thorne plays a teenage girl who's basically just graduated school. She's homeschooled though, because she suffers from XP, a condition brought on by exposure to sunlight. So sunlight could kill her, hence the clever title, Midnight Sun. So she sleeps Midnight during sun. the day, goes out at night, and experiences the world. And she's an aspiring acoustic musician, plays at the local train station, and one day, she encounters in the real world, for the very very first time the unrequited love of her life who she has admired from her window for his entire life played by patrick schwarzenegger uh they get together her condition obviously is something of an obstacle and uh, we have
0: a clip of him kind of having discovered it i can't stop being with you katie i've done my research on xp i know what it is i know what you're going through but we're not the couple who doesn't try you knew that before i did You've changed my life, Katie. Okay, you can either just leave me here on this porch, or, or we can have the best summer of our lives. What's it going to be?
1: <laughs> so interesting thing about Patrick Schwarzenegger. Um, it, well, English is actually his first language, and yet somehow he's an infinitely worse actor than his father. Go figure. Go figure on that one. I
0: mean, and you know, Annie's such an incredible actress. Like. What a what a fespian. It's like him Ian McKellen, Patrick Stewart, Simon Yeah, I often yeah. think
1: of like you know Paul Giamatti, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and Schwarzenegger in the same sentence. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, um, he's he's insanely wooden in this. Bella Thorne never quite manages to get as light. I mean, she's got she not she's got the facilities to actually make a go of the performance. She can do the performance, mm-hmm. but she never really makes it particularly likable. And I can't help but think a large chunk of that has to do with the level of writing on display. It is terrible
0: writing. Well, the story sounds, it it's just so, sounds naff. It sounds, it sounds like everything, everything, the film we saw last yes, year. Was yes, yes, it? it
1: was. Did you, did you, you went yeah. to that screen. That was when I was at a funeral, wasn't it? And, and you went to the screening. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, it was the first time I went, went to London. You went to Warner Brothers for the first time, I remember. Um, <laughs> I did. Uh, oh, remind me to send you, by the way, a picture of Warner Brothers lobby at the moment. It's all decked out for ready player one. It's amazing. Anyway, um, oh, wow. <laughs> So you're watching this attempt to do a walk to remember, and it's really dramatic and it's really moving, and they really want the 15 year old girls in the audience to cry. By the way, it does seem to have that effect because there was a young female uh, uh, writer sat in front of of Johnny Hearn and I, and she did cry. Yeah, she it really? might have been irritation having been sat behind Alan Frank and Nigel Andrews, but uh, she was crying. So presumably it does work for a certain audience. I personally thought it was mawkish, poorly written schlop, and any attempt, it, any attempt it made to have any real pathos was undone. Every single time you were reminded of the fact that the main character's name is Katie Price. Yeah. What's that got to do with Well, every single time they use her name, everybody in the audience laughed. No, no, Katie no, Price. Katie Price.
0: Oh. Yeah, you see the
1: issue now. So a room full of, of grown oh, nice. adults just sniggered every single time this tragic, tragic romance drama brought up her name. And you, know, Well, her, her life is a tragic well, romance. It's a whole new not? world, baby. Um, so, <laughs> um, The only good thing to, to really note about Midnight, so other than the fact that it ends after 91 minutes, um, is Rob Riggle.
0: I was going to say, how Rob, is Rob Riggle. Riggle in it? There's not,
1: an, I mean, he gets a couple of really nice little scenes. And he, he is basically playing the stock Rob Riggle type. Yeah, yeah. But as a single dad, and it does work. It, yeah. To be fair, Rob Riggle works in it. But you know, he is so much better than this material. <laughs> like it ain't even funny. How much better than this film he is? Mm. But uh, no, don't see it. Whatever you do, it is just the worst. Um, presumably the title is apt, because rather than spend an evening watching it again, I'd rather set myself on fire. But uh, no. I mean, I'd imagine if you were a really depressed 14-year-old girl, this might be the greatest romance you've ever seen. And that that uh, no, But if you were a happy 15-year-old girl, you might see it for the sentimental crap it actually is. Yeah, hmm. I, I, I cannot, in good Good conscience recommend this for anything other than I don't know psh, torturing
0: detainees. Yeah, I, maybe. I, I mean, we've 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 had some pretty decent like YA <laughs> <in> <laughs> stuff for the last. This ain't is. one of them. <laughs> With the latest film news and reviews,
1: this is off screen. The on screen radio show. And we're back, Mr. Allen. So um, let, let's get a little bit more cheerful, shall we? Because yeah, I know you love this. I love this. Let's talk about Isle of Dogs, man. I love I this. I love this as well. Yeah. Uh, incidentally, we, we have got a clip that you and I both basically fell out of our chairs laughing at. So we've got the good one. Oh, nice. yeah. So Isle of Dogs, which is the latest from Wes Anderson. And is it his first one since Grand Budapest? You told me this the other day.
0: Uh, it is, yeah. I think it's been – how many years has it been since Grand Budapest? Is three years. I think it was
1: 2015, wasn't it, Grand Budapest? Was it? Oh no, it was out in think, 2014. Think, was it was, it, 14? it was out in fourteen. Won the Oscar in fifteen, didn't it? I think. I don't think it won. any. It, it didn't win any Oscar. It was nominated, so it was part of the Oscar crop in in early fifteen. Yeah. Um. So yeah. this is a stop motion animation, isn't it? Like Fantastic Mr. Fox was it?
0: Yeah, this is his first uh, like animated film
1: since. Hmm. Mr. Fox. And this visually actually does beg the exact style, kind of thing off. Fantastic, Mister Fox. Uh, also, our voice cast: Brian Cranston, Ed Norton. Who am I forgetting? Jeff
0: Goldblum. Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Uh, Bill, Bill Murray was in there. Yeah. Oh, because uh, it's Scar- Scar- Joe. Bob Balaban, Scardo, yeah. Tilda, Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton. I knew it's Tilda Swinton. <laughs> Tilda Swinton is the really, really small dog. Without uh, giving anything okay, away. I get you.
1: I yeah. get you. And actually, knowing the character, that makes a degree of sense now as well. Um, so yeah. this is set, is it sort of 20 years in the future, in Japan, after dog flu has become a thing. And the, yes. uh, the sinister mayor
0: of, of uh Megasaki? Megasaki? I think which so. Yeah, and he's called yeah. um uh, Kobayashi.
1: Kobayashi, who is the the evil sinister corrupt mayor of Megasaki. Um elects to uh, basically deport all dogs to Trash Island, which then becomes the literal Isle of Dogs of the title. And the way this works for us as the viewer is that the human the human characters speak in Japanese whereas the yes. dogs speak in English. Uh, hence, to and they actually they actually explain this to you in written prose at the beginning of the film. Very stylized, very uh, J- you know Japan centric in terms of its its visual palette, and it is the story of the dogs bonding with a human boy who crashes on the island and trying to help him solve the mystery of his long lost dog. Uh, we have a clip of our main crop of characters, our main pack of dogs, facing off with another pack of dogs over a bag of rubbish that they don't that they can't see the contents of. Here is the clip.
0: Wait a second. Before we attack each other and tear ourselves to shreds like a pack of maniacs, let's just open the sack first and see what's actually in it. It might not even be worth the trouble. I don't know. Why do you see no, no, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Hi. A rancid apple core, two worm-eaten banana peels, a moldy rice cake, a dried-up pickle, a tin of sardine, bones a pile of broken eggshells, an old smushed-up rotten gizzard with maggots all over it. Okay, okay.
1: it's worth it. <laughs> Edward Norton's voice absolutely sells that trash bag. <laughs> it really <laughs> right does. Right, Apple core Nuggets. <laughs> I really loved this. I was so, I didn't expect to be I was so won over by this film.
0: I don't know you to be a big Wes Anderson fan. I'm not generally, um, to be honest. No, and if you if you looked at one picture of me I think you would say he's he's a fan. He's a fan of Wes Anderson.
1: Yeah, just a still image of you would be enough for people. Yeah, that guy likes Wes Anderson.
0: Yeah, like he's he's seen Ball Rocket.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I like Rushmore. Um, I quite. I really like Grand Budapest. I'm a big fan of this. Um, there's yeah. been comments about it being something to do with cultural appropriation and things like that. I don't particularly get that from it. wasn't looking for it anyway. That. Um, it's like I say. I think you and I both were quite quickly won over by it i think it really it sets in really quickly it hits the ground running it knows its its comedic tone it never wavers on it the cast are perfect the visuals are stunning at times it's got that wacky wes anderson sensibility but it seems a little bit reined in actually um to a
0: degree that i think makes it almost more mainstream yeah it's not like a parody of itself because i think it's quite easy to make a film that looks like a wes anderson film yeah very much so yeah. if, if you if you if you follow me like um if, if you just have very like kind of symmetrical like visuals and pastel colors that kind of mm. thing
1: but uh, yeah i mean I, I recommend it wholeheartedly i think it was absolutely terrific i laughed i whooped i cheered i was moved at yeah. times i think brian cranston gets an absolutely brilliant role in there brian cranston is incredible he really he? is that man could do so much with just yeah. his regular speaking voice he?
0: Yeah, I would have never thought of of having him in a Wes Anderson film. It works. It really
1: does, doesn't it? But uh, so, um, yeah, definitely check out Isle of Dogs. Absolutely worth seeing. Um, Should we skip? Because we're pushed for time. Should we skip straight to Blockers next? I am fine with that. I have also seen blockers. You have indeed. You've all- Yeah, I, I had quite the day. You did. You did. I want to point out, and I want, to, I want to get this on the record for the entire world to hear, that prior to the screening of blockers, when I was asked to turn off my phone and had to use my watch to do it because I'm lazy and can't be asked to fish it out, uh, that uh, I got Mark Kermode to say the words, it's like being sat with Tony Stark. And you were a witness to it, my friend. You heard him say it. You
0: can't deny it ever again. <laughs> I, I did hear it I felt like I was Jarvis it
1: was, uh, <laughs> you it was was do have a bearded Paul Bettany quality to them, you Yeah. Oh, uh, so Blockers thank which is a uh, new comedy from Kay Cannon who wrote the Pitch Perfect movies I believe um, oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah this stars Leslie Mann John Cena and Ike Baronholtz as three parents of three, three uh, teenage girl best friends who discover as you'll find out in our clip that on prom night these three girls these three friends have a Agreed to all simultaneously lose their virginity. So basically, the girls are doing the plot of American Pie. The parents go and do the plot of Superbad, which is basically a point A to point B road journey where they're trying to intervene and stop their 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 innocent teenage daughters from popping their cherries. So to speak. Um, and we have a clip of them basically reading the text messages of one of their daughters.
0: Julie left her laptop open.
1: You guys are snooping on our kids? No.
0: We don't understand what they're saying, so
1: it's not snooping. Oh, oh I love puzzles. Just saw for now. Yeah, great. What do they say? Okay, so there's
0: something about an eggplant ha- handshake. Eggplant agreement. Yeah, they got an agreement to make eggplant parmesan. No, eggplants are <laughs> teenage emoji language. What? You know what? That's true. Julie told me that, that the emojis have, uh, they all have secret meanings. Mm-hmm. So, like, trees are weed, and snowflakes are cocaine,
1: and... That
0: thing is Yas Queen. Yas Queen. What
1: the hell's that? You've never heard of Yas Queen? No. All right, Grandpa. This is sex if I've ever seen it illustrated in emoji.
0: Oh no, 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 no. Maybe not. They're best friends. They're just
1: saying like, you're okay with me. You're okay to me. You and I laughed quite heartily at this. I think.
0: I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think. I think a few people in the room did as well. I. Um, yeah. A lot of people have said that it's the best comedy of the year. I. Don't I don't see that. Much. I don't.
1: I don't think it's going to come out as the best comedy of the year.
0: Yeah, I I had a really good time with it. I would watch it again. I'd probably watch it a couple of times. Yeah,
1: actually. I think it's very good. I don't think it's a great comedy. I mean, I don't think it is something like Superbad or American Pie. I don't think it has the the pure, you know, unbroken hit rate that
0: those films do. Um, I yeah. do think John Cena though is hilarious in it. Yeah, I was worried a little bit about John Cena because we've seen him in Trainwreck as just someone who's in for about three or four minutes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He insists for ten minutes. Very true. Yep. It's like I didn't know if you could lead. My it, safe but- word is keep going. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Pazuzu. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: I don't know. I, I mean, the, everything, the, the casting of the film, I think is really good. I think it's really, it's a really strongly cast comedy. I think a lot of the success is in there. I think uh, Leslie Mann is playing Leslie Mann. You know, that's that, that's kind of it. But, you know, no one plays Leslie Mann like Leslie Mann. Like Leslie <laughs> yeah. Mann. And there are little, sort of little physical gags. Like there's a moment when she just, it, and it's not even relevant to the plot, I think she just electrocutes herself. And it's played mm. in such a brilliantly physical way that you think, actually, only Leslie Mann could probably have pulled that off in in that perfect a way. John Cena, I think, gets the more the more sort of alpha kind of a role, but in a very suburban sense. And Ike Baron Holtz basically gets to play me as a dad.
0: <laughs> a little bit, yeah. yeah. Just very not connected. And John John Cena, I think, was great in it because his character is very overbearing, yeah. but so... So dumb, <laughs> as <of> well. <laughs> <laughs> so so
1: unaware. It really? Is. Um, yes, I. I, say, I mean, I I liked it very much. Um, I was I, I was a big fan of. It turns out Pamela Adlon has a daughter. No one, no one seemed to know this. Uh, you know, yeah, we, we we found that out yesterday yeah. when we were. A uh, cinnabon. Didn't we, we did in a cinnabon, like grown-ups. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we lead weird lives, man. But yes, uh, um, my 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 thing I've noticed with it is, like, speaking to other critics. I've noticed that a lot are singling out. Uh, there's a gag about uh, chugging beer in a manner that is not usual. We'll say. No, I mean you can watch the trailer and see this bit for yourself, but that seemed to be kind of a line in the sand moment for a lot of critics, uh, which I I don't know if that's a if that's a highbrow thing, if it's an age thing, not entirely sure. Uh, for me, I mean, obviously, I didn't
0: think it was that funny. It it was chucklesome, I suppose, but uh, you know, it, it, it's it grossed out. shock value. It's it's a gross at a moment. We both had like our mouths <laughs> at, like, exactly, just, yeah, like.
1: Yeah, but you know, I mean, I I did notice actually. You and I, and I think Bex and a couple of people in the room, we we all tended to laugh at the slightly more millennial jokes in there, jokes about you know Snapchat filters and things like that. We're like, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, but, and uh, emojis. Oh, yeah. God, and yeah, and just Ike Barinholtz is sort of Ike Barinholtz. It turns out might be the best background performer around
0: because he's he's fu- oh, maybe, yeah. know, he's funniest when the other two are riffing and they're not noticing what he's doing. He's kind of the best thing in Bright and the best thing in Suicide Squad, and yeah. yeah, we we say this every time his name comes up. What was it he
1: wrote recently? I can't remember this now. Oh, uh, was it was it Central Intelligence? <laughs> yes, yes, it was. It was Central Intelligence, yeah. which makes me want him to write more. But uh, yeah, I thought this. I thought Blockers was pretty funny. It's not amazing, but it's pretty funny, and you will have a damn good time. Damn good time. Yeah, yeah. With the latest film news and reviews. This is off screen, the on screen radio show, and we're back for one last ride, Mister Allen.
0: <laughs> one last
1: ride. One last ride for the family.
0: So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so have you got a piece of film news for me at all? You know I have. So, damn, dare Marvel films. Damn, Dem Dem
1: Marvel, Marvel. I've I've seen one or two of them at some point. I can take all of them.
0: Yeah, I've, I think I've seen at least eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. True. <laughs> what <laughs> so, are they doing now? So, uh, yeah, uh, Captain Marvel is coming out next year. I, I know, and I know the news. I'm very excited about this. Oh, oh the news. Oh. So we got people coming back because Captain Marvel set in the 90s. It is. So that makes it a prequel. Well, I didn't realize it's Absolutely.
1: the late 90s as well. It's like 98, 99, apparently. Oh, oh, is it? Yeah, it's apparently it's like turn of millennium kind of time. It's, it's towards the end of the decade. Are we, are we going to see Cal in like a Spice Girls t-shirt? Oh, you know, I hope so. Oh, I, just, I, want I want to move for Armageddon in the background. That's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> yes, some acknowledgement of, acknowledgement of Meet Joe Black, something like that, you know?
0: <laughs> Sugar Ray on the soundtrack. That, that's me sold, you know? Yeah. Just somebody get Brad Pitt to just be on that set for, like, just a minute. Just walk past in, God, his, in his suit for Meet Joe Black. Yeah. That'd be incredible. So we've got... Do his, like, Jamaican
1: accent. Definitely. We've got cast members,
0: though, haven't we? Sort of returning cast members. We do so. Uh, we got two people from Guardians coming back. We have so we got we got Ronan the Accuser, which Lee Pace plays by Lee Pace, yeah. and uh, Korath, Korath the, the Pursuer. Makes sense. Mm. He does pursue. He pursues. Rocket- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very much like, like like the Ron seal of uh, Marvel. Yeah. I like you would probably be, you'd be like
1: Cassius the reviewer. <laughs> <You know? laughs> So, case the sitter case the sitter <laughs> van the <Yeah>. lounger <laughs> uh yes yeah, so we've got the guardians yeah. characters coming back in their younger forms And uh, we've absolutely
0: we've also got another one that's had me really excited oh this everyone excited so uh son of coal is coming back can't wait yeah so clark, clark Gregg as agent colson will be back it,
1: yeah and yeah. well. Wow. And there is a golden opportunity there as well to finally, finally, wreck on Agents of Shield back into the MCU because the. Cer- Do you think we're going to take it? I don't know because there's there's a certain massive event that takes place in the Agents of Shield series around that time. Okay, I think it's the Bahrain incident, as it's called, and it involves Ming-Na Wen's character of uh, Melinda May. So, if there is some ah. sort of acknowledgement of that that's uh one popular theory is that uh lola will appear in the film that'd be very cool because in a prequel capacity fury knows about lola this, oh, this could be it i mean my my dog is literally named for this car so yeah it is yeah um incidentally yeah. it turns out lola is an acronym what does it stand for you know? So i know that these the o and l are over land levitating over land something but yeah.
0: Auto-macao? Automobile? Could be, could be automobile, we don't know. Could uh, be. Um, the, also, the other big news about Nick Fury, mm, he's going to have two yeah, eyes. Is. this is going to tell us finally how he lost his eyes. How he
1: lost his eye, yeah. sorry. But I'm really looking forward to This is 2019, isn't it? Is it end of 2019?
0: It's, 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 it's March. March? Wow. Okay. Yeah, because it's, it, it, cause it's before Avengers 4. Oh, yes, yeah, because obviously it's set in the past, so I can't wait for yeah, this. Yeah, and, and you, you, you would imagine that Cal Danvers will be in... Next avengers film
1: i think she will i think she will i think that's yeah. kind of a given but, safe to say okay so we've got time for one last review uh, for the radio uh this week uh so let's, let's talk about the un- unrivaled heavy hitter of this week and if we're it's probably the month uh let's talk about ready player one which brings us uh senor spielbergo back to the screen <laughs> um an adaptation of the massively successful novel by ernest klein um who has also co-written the screenplay He's also co-written the screenplay with Zach Penn of uh, X-Men fame. Yeah, and he did the first four films? He did, I believe, yes. Um, yeah. Well, what they've, well, the way this works is it's in, I think it's 2045 Columbus, Ohio. It is basically the world, of, basically a dingy version of the world of the future that we think is going to happen now. So there's drones mm-hmm. everywhere delivering pizzas and things. Um, you've got a young boy, a teenage boy, requisite Spielberg character, who, who basically escapes into virtual reality, as does everyone in the world. It's just what everyone does. They escape into the Oasis, mm-hmm. which was created created by a sort of Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak-like duo, um, one of whom left the company, one of whom died. And as he died, he left behind a video basically setting a series of challenges, the winner winner of uh, all three of which will basically assume complete control of the Oasis, which is a virtual environment in which literally anything is possible. You can be who you want, you can do what you want. And, well, I'll tell you what, we've got a clip. This
0: is the oasis a whole virtual universe you can do anything go anywhere be anyone tall, beautiful,
1: scary a different sex, different species the limits are your own imagination
0: oh yeah wow, so much slower
1: here you forget what it's like to be outside. Ty Sheridan there explaining the Oasis to us. Um, and obviously you've got Ben Mendelsohn as the evil corporate villain who's trying to you know, cut him off for control of, uh, of uh, IOI, as it's called, the company that owns the Oasis. And uh, yeah, what you've basically got is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory in virtual reality. Mm, yeah, okay, I'm on board. Yeah, the Chocolate Factory is virtual reality. And because the whole crack is that this virtual world could be whatever you want it to be, Well, most people, it turns out, are obsessed with pop culture. So a lot of this is pop culture references, but it's still Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory on a story level. So (laughs) what you've got – I don't know how this worked as a book, because I I can't imagine how it worked as a book. I just imagine it's like reading the lyrics to We Didn't Start the Fire – was like Iron Giant, Robotech, Pacific Rim, yeah. Mega Man. JFK, going right away. <laughs> yeah. JFK, Kevin Costner, Oliver Stone. <laughs> you know? I just imagine that's how the book reads. I've not read it. I'm sure I'm wrong. I, th- I think that Billy Joel did get a co-writer co- credit. Possible. You know, well, yeah. he has starred in Arrow now. So, you know, he's, he's diversifying. So um, yeah, Ty Sheridan kind of a blank canvas as as the hero, but that's that's on a writing level. I mean, he's perfectly fine, but the character I think is a, is a blank canvas. Olivia Cook as the female lead has got some some real charm, but then again, we already knew that from Me and the Dying Girl. Me, Me and the Dying Girl, yeah, yeah. which you I think you championed, and then I jumped on board after. Uh, ben Mendelssohn, great villain. When, why wouldn't he be?
0: Yeah, he's kind of he's falling into that old school Christopher Walken, Mark Strong, Gary Oldman. Yep. Always dependable bad guy. Well
1: he's in full Rogue One mode here. And, okay. you know, I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, the, the performances aside, the film is quite an intimidating prospect. There's a lot going on in any given frame of it. Uh, so much so that I had to see it twice. I saw it in IMAX the first time, and then the second time I was in the Warner Brothers screening room. And I had to see it a second time because you you can very easily just be distracted by, oh, my God, there's a Last Action Hero reference. And, oh, my God, Iron Giant. Oh, my God, uh, an M41A pulse rifle. Oh, my God, the Lawgiver from Judge Dredd. Oh, my God, Atari. Oh, my God. And mm. you, you become that Peter Griffin moment. Like, oh, my God, you know, all the time through it. And it's two hours and 18 minutes long. And mm. when you're going through this Willy Wonka-like journey through, you know, cyberspace, et cetera, and there's, there's hand gliding through hurricanes and things like that, and you can surf a 50-foot wave, as the clip tells us, and, um, it, it, it can be a little overwhelming. So what I would say is if you think you're going to like the film, Odds are, you actually are. You probably are going to like it. But in that case, I do think you should see this film twice because that first time is really overpowering. Like, it is, like, just being smacked around the head with, you know... Well, the novel, basically. <laughs> I mean, so twice to take everything in. Try and take everything in. But I would, I would say if you could, the first time you see it, you'll be overwhelmed and you'll be suckered in by the gimmickry of it, the, the pop culture obsessive nature of it. It's not as well balanced in that regard as the obvious comparison point, which is Wreck It Ralph. It's nowhere near as balanced with its pop culture as Wreck It Ralph is, but the context of the story is, is is such that really it isn't meant to. It's meant to be excessive because it's it's the power of the imagination, and people can conjure as much or as little as they want. Oh, uh, shout out for T.J. Miller by the way, who I quite enjoyed in this film. But he's he's been left out of a marketing. Yes, course. I wonder why. But uh, yeah. yeah, funny that. Um, in terms of, I mean, it's pure Spielberg gold classic spielberg uh the music's terrific there's some nods to i mean even outside of the pop culture references even musically and stylistically and in terms of certain shots there are references to things and, and they're very very clever there is an entire sequence that i'm told is uh, changed from the book it takes place at a different location from the book they've changed the second challenge for instance um and rather than in the book it's all to do with war games the the movie war games in the film. It's not, I won't tell you what it is. It's not in any of the marketing. When you see it, your jaw will be on the floor and you will not be able to believe they did this. And no one heard about it. I'm excited. You you just, Oh my God. Um, uh, funny story as well. There's a moment, (laughs) there's a moment when, when it comes to these popcorn flicks, you've experienced me doing this. One of my favorite things is to watch Mark, in the screening room and watch how he reacts because he he generally responds a lot less animated than I do. There's a moment where they're taking toys out of a box. Oh, this is the Galactica. This is like Serenity. Oh, and here's the ship from Silent Running his little face just lit up it really did (laughs) i felt great i felt for him but yeah yeah silent running yeah there's a silent running reference in this that's that's pretty amazing i thought it was i just thought it was great um on the whole it's not quite as meaningful though as even charlie the chocolate factory is a bit more disposable i think i think that feels like the knock-on effect of all the pop culture to be honest um it's. I would say it's the closest comparison point would be Wreck-It Ralph. In terms of what it means cinematically, it's about as meaningful as Wreck-It Ralph is. It's not going to change the landscape, but it's just this nice, cool, you know, blockbuster film. Why not? I mean, it wants to be Roger Rabbit. It settles somewhere around Wreck-It Ralph.
0: Well, I think Roger Rabbit was it was groundbreaking at the time. <laughs> yeah, this
1: wants to be that. and obviously the Zemeckis Spielberg pedigree is sort of there. And uh, Mm. I mean, Smeckers gets an outright name check in this.
0: I think that's the thing. I wanted to just go and see if I can recognize certain directors in the film. And I'm, don't tell me, but I'm curious to see how much Spielberg is in this Spielberg film. Uh Uh, how how many yeah how many references. Actually he holds back a fair bit. We'll we'll
1: talk more on the podcast extras but uh he does hold back because we really push for time. Um I will give
0: it film a week but Oh okay but um, I thought the Isle of Dogs might be that's thing
1: I'm gonna tie it with Isle of Dogs. I'm I'm gonna say I think the older crowd will enjoy Isle of Dogs a lot more than uh Ready Player One. Ready Player One But Ready Player One is aimed younger than you and I, I think. I think if you were oh. if you were a college student for instance you're like 20 years old 18 to 20 I think this might be the ideal film for you but, uh, but a uni student would enjoy
0: Isle of Dogs <laughs> you know, you're a, u- a uni student has got their first copy of uh, Vidal Gearing Limited from the library exactly yeah. yes they've been to
1: FOP, yeah. they've picked up uh, a copy of, uh, of Rushmore they you know for two ninety nine on DVD they know they know the crack they know yeah. um, but yeah, Isle of Dogs Ready Player One I think there's something in those two films for everyone really so you can you can Find something to
0: enjoy. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd go, definitely go and see. It. I mean, I know you're going to, but uh, definitely see. It. Yeah, I, I, I'm possibly going to be seeing it tonight because it is out tonight on uh, 3D uh, only preview.
1: Yes, it is. Cause obviously, we're recording this on Wednesday, twenty eighth, aren't we? So, which
0: can, yes, we're we dating are.
1: this yeah. now. Uh, next week, we've got next week. We've got uh, 120 beats per minute, which oh yeah, I hear very good things about. Yeah. Um, we've of course got Death Wish next week. <laughs> yeah, that's going to turn out well. Death wish 9. I wish I was dead. Yeah. We've got uh, Wonderstruck, which I think is the one you confuse with Wonder Wheel, isn't it? Yes, it is. This is the yep. uh, Todd Haynes one. Mm-hmm. We've got I Kill Giants next week as well. Uh, we've got uh, Thoroughbreds next week. Ooh. Ooh, final film of Anton Yolchin.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Oh,
1: man. Of course can you believe it? it's been like two years hasn't it since Antonio died I think so yeah uh, and yeah and this is his final film this has been kicking around a while then um, Rob mm. Cohen is back with the brilliantly titled Hurricane Heist have you noticed the poster is actually in the Fast and Furious font as well
0: yes it is and if you've been watching anything on Sky like in oh, the last yeah. two weeks, you've not been able to escape the trailers for that oh, no no uh, we've also got ghost stories next week which I hear Ooh,
1: amazing yeah. things about, and and this one comes with a certain level, I think, of cultural expectation. Uh, Love Simon, which is uh, the gay male which scene rom com, isn't it? You've seen it, haven't you?
0: I have seen it. You, um, I liked it a lot. But I really liked it. We're not embargoed, we're so <laughs> we're not embargoed. You can go nuts. <laughs> oh, great! Yeah. It, it's great. Good,
1: good. Okay, so we've got all those to come and more next week off screen. In the meanwhile, this has been a candy store on screen. I've been Van Connor. I've been Player One. <laughs> we'll be back.
0: Just show me the way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Offscreen.
1: For more news and reviews, visit onscreenfilm.com. Okay, cut. That's
0: Podcast extras, Ben. It's so weird that we're doing this by our
1: <laughs> You're a face on a screen to me, Alan. <laughs> Maybe that's best i don't know it's just the weirdest experience uh so yeah. i mean we've, we've got a few reviews and a few reviews left in the tank we've got some news to get through it's uh it, fun for the whole family left to come you know yeah
0: i i don't i don't mind this whole skype uh zencaster uh, life but, yeah you know I mean, I've got to admit, the ZenCaster system is terrific. It really, is. Yeah, we we are no way uh, like sponsored by ZenCaster, but well done. I think we should Zencastle. look into it. Actually, yeah. <laughs> we should actually
1: <laughs> look into getting sponsored by ZenCaster. That would be amazing. You guys, are all right. Yeah. You guys, good job. Good job. You're all right in my book. Uh, I was just wondering why Twitter wouldn't load us because I'm not using my default browser. That's what it is. So what have we got left on the on the docket? Let's talk. We've got news and then what we're reviewing. We're going to review The Bachelors. Um, yeah. J.K. Simmons. Joke Simmons. Joke Simmons. Uh, we've got Antonio Lopez, uh, 1970 uh, documentary about the fashion guy and The Islands and the Whales. Which I've seen, which you've seen, and I don't think either of us comfortably had lunch afterwards.
0: <laughs> we didn't go to that whale restaurant. We were planning on going. To. We did. We skipped the whale restaurant
1: entirely. Yeah. Good lord! Um, right. So um, obviously, I, I've got all the news with me, so I'll, I'll have to reel it off. So uh, give me, give me, give some you news. Some, news. Give me some news. Okay, let's see what we've yeah. got. Um, uh, oh, oh, hang on! I meant to tell you, by the way, uh, you know who does appear very, very briefly in Ready Player One? On, no, works. surprisingly, she's the only pop culture reference.
0: <laughs> uh, really? There's,
1: there's no, yeah, yeah there's no, no. It's Duke Nukem turns up. You know, John Cena. Well, not John turns Cena, sadly, up. but the video game version, the like, the PS3 version of Duke Nukem, briefly for like a that's second, is on, is on the battlefield. I was like, that's awesome. But wow. uh let's have a look at what's going on. Uh, by the way, have you seen the trailer yet for uh, The Spy Who Dumped Me?
0: Yes. does not look quite I as mind blowing as mind blowing as I thought it would. No, well, we were looking forward to it because um what's what's for comedians? Name? Oh Hassan Minaj. Hassan Minaj, who I really like. He's he's gonna be in that. Uh, I think he needs to be in almost kind of of He's got goals, his own talk
1: but- show starting later this year. Oh, on Netflix. Netflix, good for him! Yeah. But yeah. Well
0: done, getting that Netflix. Man. Oh,
1: man, we all want some of that, uh, some, some of that Ted Sorantos money, man. But uh, okay, so um, Olivia Munn has uh, got a new job. Uh, she's going to be a lead in a film. This is actually like this is a first for her, I think. Um, she's going to be the lead in uh, an upcoming film called Violet. In which uh, it's about a film executive who apparently, her life is run by a voice in her head called The Voice. And that voice is Justin Theroux. So, yeah. Only she then discovers that The Voice has been lying to her the whole time. So The Voice in her head has been lying and deceiving her the whole time.
0: You see, there's a great missed opportunity of a film where Olivia Munn's character is actually Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> exactly, yeah.
1: No, I don't think you can make that joke now. I think, like, a month ago, you could have made that joke, but...
0: Yeah. Although, Go this does
1: remind me, though, whatever happened to... Wasn't there a film, right? I remember Calvin wrote an article about it a couple of years ago, and I remember thinking it sounded amazing. And it started, It was basically... It was about a white guy who was, in a monologue was the voice of Ice Cube remember that oh yeah, yeah, what, yeah i remember you, hearing i've not that. heard anything yeah. about it it's one of those films that's going to turn up with a trailer one day
0: yeah and be like oh that, that one that yeah is a thing, that exists that's a great idea but um i i weirdly like that as a sub unto itself just voices in the head what about stranger than fiction does that count where will ferrell has emma thompson
1: narrating his life
0: that definitely counts in a weird way malcolm is strange as well yeah. um that kind of counts. Uh, the voice of course, yeah, was... I love that movie. A lot of people didn't like that. I really loved yeah. it. I love how dark it is. I, just,
1: talking animals. Yeah. Amuse me. I'm sorry, they do. I'm, I'm I'm not above finding a talking animal amusing. I still think Ted is hilarious. And
0: yeah, definitely. And uh, I, I, I can't wait for Winnie the Pooh, because I'm sure it's going to be exactly. like Ted
1: Flynn. In fact, Ted 2 has one of my favourite sort of sequences in a film for the last few years, which is when they go to the improv uh, bit and they're yelling out really offensive suggestions.
0: Yeah, I mean, but it's just, it's a, like a re-heat it really family guy joke, so but it's good still though. good. <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: so let's talk about what, what we're going to talk about first. Um, the Bachelors. Let's, let's, let's talk about The Bachelors. Yeah. Um this All is right. this is a real a real you know in died, died in the wall indie drama. Uh this is a you know cheerful drama about grief. As you do. You know, we like ah, to keep things nice. light. So it stars uh JK Simmons. Uh, he is a recently widowed father who simply can't take it anymore. He's he's reached his wits' end. The movie literally opens with him, just sat at the table, decide, and he he says, I can't do this anymore. I've got to go. And, and, but rather than abandoning his, his son, his only son, um, he, they, they move together. They relocate and he takes a job as a teacher at an elite private school. And, uh, his son obviously enrolls as a student. His son's like 17, I would say 16, 17. Uh, and he is played, oh my God, where is it? <laughs> I've lost it entirely. Josh Wiggins, played by Josh Wiggins. Um, he, he basically tries to acclimatize to this new high school. He finds a bit of a love interest in, uh, Odea Rush. Uh, you remember from uh, Goosebumps? Oh yeah, yeah. The one I refer, to. Yes. the one yeah, I refer yeah, to as teenage Mila Kunis. Yeah, um, evidently now like twenty year old Mila Kunis, um, and J- so he tries to pursue a relationship with her. Uh, J.K. Simmons's character tries to pursue a relationship with another teacher, the French teacher played by Julie Delphi, Because if you're going to cast a French teacher, who the hell else do you get?
0: But that's it is, isn't that's it? who you get you get hurt you get hurt or you get, hurt or you get yeah you that's get it or and
1: if you if you really got the budget yeah. maybe Marianne maybe Marianne maybe you really got out of the budget for that Yeah. Um, so that's it so we've got a clip okay um hey dad do you mind if I kind of throw some advice your way if you're gonna start dating women you gotta lose those tidy whities wait well, because it's, it's practically a universal law that no man has ever looked good in man panties. I'm not sure I agree with that. Well, it's just, the thing is, it's not really an opinion. It's kind of a fact. So I can't really disagree with it, you know? So J.K. Simmons there being told, maybe it's time to ditch the pants. And uh, cause he just loves his tiny whiteys, does J.K. Simmons.
0: I've seen him in pants before when I've There's seen There's something the just
1: weirdly threatening about the image of J.K. Simmons in pants.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was telling you the other day, I watched uh, an American Dad episode. Um, the one they do rip-lash, about, where they? Yeah. Is a, we do RIPLASH, don't We do flash. yeah, like where Roger is playing J.K. <laughs> Simmons' character. <laughs> Um, I forgot. No, no, I don't remember either. Actually, I
1: really loved Whiplash as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I think this is a really solid drama. I mean, this this will run you through the gamut. From you know, you'll you'll laugh out loud, and you will just burst into tears. Um, It it goes weirdly dark. I think (laughs) about the midpoint, um, but never never goes too. Never doubles down on it. Never doubles down, thankfully, yeah. and he manages to play it quite sincerely. Does it with a lot of heart. It's written and directed by Kurt Volker, um, whose work I'm not familiar with. Actually, what's Kurt Volker? I don't know the name. Feel like I recognise oh. that name. Oh no, he was the writer of Rock Dog. <laughs> uh, now I know.
0: <laughs> no, now I, I know why. I know his yeah. name. Ugh. Yeah, have you um have you heard of a show that J.K. Simmons? has uh, no, uh, what is it? Currently got.
1: Yes, I have. I, I have counter counter seen
0: bits a uh, bits of it around. This is like a
1: an espionage thriller, isn't it?
0: It's weird. I've I've heard it is. Yeah, essentially about a doppelganger, and um, I've I've not spoke to anyone but seen it. But ever I've read about it, it, sounds incredible, and everyone mm-hmm. yeah, that has seen it I looking forward to it it because
1: it's J.K. Simmons
0: but he is that
1: kind of actor though where his involvement in the project genuinely that's your interest I think now where he he has become that actor now I think I'm I'm so glad he had this resurgence this sort of final overdue rise to prominence yeah and
0: I feel like that's what that's the best thing that the yeah, Oscar so. does. Well, look like, at Rockwell you know I mean?
1: this year. You know, yeah. I think we're gonna have the same
0: thing. Where although he has
1: always exactly, been yeah. in major projects, Rockwell. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's just, just been just kind been of ignored for them. them. <laughs> he's in these amazing films, but he never gets the credit for them. Uh, Simmons here, very much, you know, front and center. It's, he, he makes up half the film. Obviously, his son makes up the other half. The relationship between them, I think, is, is really thoughtfully drawn. It's, it's really sincere, and it, it, it's, it's got genuine heart and depth. Um, I quite like um, the writing of Adea Rush's character as well, which they sort of stage as being she's perceived as a popular girl but she's not she wants she wants to be seen as something more but in times of sort of emotional need and crisis she will then lean into her perceived personality and the way that it's written and the way that it's performed is, right. is really it's, it's quite endearing it's there's something quite captivating about it. and i think a lot of, of all of it is is her performance i think is really great um I, I mean i didn't come away from goosebumps and think yeah that's a that's a great future actress right there now i do <laughs> i mean this is the third film i've seen her in I, think.
0: I can't think of what else she, I she was in something in, in the last couple customs. of weeks
1: let me look at what it was it was oh she's in ladybird remember yeah she's the popular girl <laughs> well, who she becomes is, her friend yeah. in ladybird
0: obviously
1: yeah yeah but uh, yeah i mean i think yeah. she might be one to watch at the moment then it would it would appear that I think uh, so, I agree. You know, teenage Mila Kunis has turned into someone to watch. She's more interesting at the moment, you know, than Mila Kunis is. Yeah,
0: there's that. Unless she gets uh, like <sighs> Jupiter descending,
1: Jupiter under. descending with Miles Teller, yeah. but, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it'd be. Uh, but no, the bachelors <laughs> is absolutely worth checking out. It's a tidy ninety nine minutes um ninety nine. it's uh okay. you know full-blown indie drama but it's uh it, it's got quite high production value as well it looks really impressive for sort of the budget and scale of it but it's all about the simmons man all about the simmons all about our jk so uh, let's see what else we got oh film new film news so we've signed so on how we got this right so our boy dj so fresh off his double kids choice award yep. win, which I think we all know is a career highlight, you know, <laughs> what did he win? Favorite film and More favorite Claire actor? I think, for, and it was both for Jumanji. No, you, you can't blame Nickelodeon. Well, for that. He's got that film with Emily Blunt coming film. up, uh, jungle ride, jungle cruise, <laughs> jungle cruise, sorry, jungle, Cruise, uh, jungle cruise, jungle which cruise, is based on the yeah. Disney Disneyland ride in the way that Parrots Caribbean was. Well, they've got a new cast Paris member. Jack Whitehall. Oh yeah, who's that? Yeah. <laughs> if you, you guys can't, obviously can't see this, Casey's just put down his mic and leaned back in his chair to sigh to the world. Yeah, he's going to be Emily Blunt's brother, apparently. <sighs> it really
0: is. Isn't it? Oh, that's obsessive news. <laughs> He's like he'd be anti-Peter Mullen. <laughs> Do you know earlier when I said that? Peter <laughs> Mullen makes every There is that. There is definitely 27 that. 27. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to have Jack Whitehall
1: in a movie with Dwayne Johnson on on the water in the jungle. So you know, let's see how that one turns out.
0: On. Him but uh movie mean? Come on.
1: But yeah, so there's that to look yeah. forward to, but. <laughs>
0: Uh, Who is telling him that he should be an actor? Who is telling him he should be Jack Whitehall's uh,
1: real-life girlfriend is – well, she's in Captain Marvel. I don't – She's Gemma Chan from Humans. We talked about about a month or so ago. Uh, Yeah, well, I mean, they're they're in a lot of, like, uh, glossy celebrity mags together and things. They're always at premieres and things. But she's actually a really impressive talent. So, you know, maybe some of it rubs off, you know.
0: Mm. <laughs> it's entirely possible. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe I don't, talent is sexually transmitted. Your, your dear wife was going into teaching before you them. ever thought
1: of it. So, you know, it's entirely possible that uh, these, these ideas just they, they filter across. The <laughs> professional skill, really, maybe. is sexually <laughs> <Yeah>. transmitted. <laughs> this is the weirdest <laughs> conversation we've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it'd be a very different ending to Pretty yeah. Woman if that were the case, wouldn't it? But, uh, yeah.
0: yeah exactly it totally that. Right, um, so let's talk much.
1: about Antonio Lopez,
0: 1970. Yeah. Right. I don't know who that so is. Glad you and said you I didn't don't know, who know who that was. much about that year.
1: I clue <laughs> Antonio Lopez, nineteen seventy, sex, fashion, again? and disco is the full title, and this is obviously a chronicle of the man of the same name, Antonio Lopez, who was—he um, well, he was a fashion illustrator. He wasn't the designer; he was the illustrator, and you know, he literally took the designer's ideas and made them visually created the visual representation. So, you know, you can argue that he was as much involved as the as the designer, but he became an icon all to himself. And uh, it, it's um, let's see, it's. He died in 1987 of, I think, I think he died of AIDS of in 87. But he's regarded as one of the absolute trendsetters of the modern fashion industry. Um, and he, he discovered Grace Jones. He discovered uh, Jerry Hall. And yeah, oh, yeah, your face just lit up, didn't it? But the it's got a lot lot of naked Grace Jones in this remember when it's we reviewed her difference. film and we said like there is such a thing as too much nudity and Grace Jones yeah. absolutely knows that um, yeah prepare to be reminded of that um, he was a sort he was a sort of deadpan very 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 much an artiste very much about the craft, very much about the arts, uh, but otherwise outgoing, captivating, alluring bisexual man in the 19, in, in the sixties and seventies. And he say he had a squad of of models who became known as Antonio's girls, and they included Jerry Hall, for instance. And this is how she was discovered. Yeah, so, you know, we can blame her for Batman. Anyway, we can blame him, effectively, for right. Batman. Anyway. <laughs> Damn you, Burton. Uh, so, we, we have a clip that kind of tells you a little bit about how intense the guy was.
0: You had to watch Antonio as he was drawing. He was breathing like he was pulling the magic right out of the atmosphere. His mouth was like a fish, and he was going in, and... It was coming out through his fingers on the drawing pad. then he'd look at you and take you in. And then, oh, you couldn't wait for him to look at you again. And he doesn't stop and you just wish he would breathe for a second, but you know he's holding his breath till he gets that stroke down his head. It's
1: very funky. It's very disco. And so they literally have disco in the title. So you've got that disco beat all the way through it. And uh, what's it? Simpsons disco Boogie you know, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know anything about the subject. So it's written and directed by James Crump. Uh, I, I didn't know an awful lot about – well, I, said an awful lot, I didn't know anything about Antonio Lopez. And I thought, in terms of uh, you know a, a, a documentary subject on someone you know nothing of, this actually ticked every possible box it could. For someone that I had never heard of, I came away from this film thinking – oh wow every time if I ever encounter his name for the re- in the rest of my life I, you know, I'm, I'm, g- I'm going to smile to myself now like, oh yeah yeah, I can tell you some things you'll know who he is and I very much like that but it's it's, uh, it's it's very well shot it's uh, very well mm. staged it's a standard talking head interspaced with the archival footage the footage they've got though, a lot of it comes from what seems to be personal archives and things like that so there's something of an authorised quality to it because they've obviously got some sort of permission from somewhere on there um, yeah I, I, I was really taking by it. and I say I'm not particularly interested in the fashion world, but the portrait they they painted of Antonio Lopez himself made it quite interesting. And obviously, in things like this, it kind of helps that you have like loads of big celebrities popping in mm. here, there, and everywhere. Uh, Jessica Lang's in this quite a lot. She was evidently a very big friend of his. At one point, she just outright admits, "Look, I was absolutely in love with him because I was yeah. in love with him. He just wasn't interested." <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. But mm. uh, yeah, I, I, was, I was, it was. It was fascinating. If you watch this, you're going to be really wow. taken aback by how it, how, how often it ties into things that you are interested in. Like, look at Grace Jones for you'd be amazed, like how it ties into Grace Jones's world, and mm. uh, you know how it ties into the Beatles and things like. Very, very strange mm. that this, this is this story has taken place, and we just didn't know, given how much of our favorite things kind of connect to it. Yeah, but uh, I was I was a big fan. I, I really enjoyed Next, it, I must say. Uh,
0: yeah. Very odd. Well, yeah. yeah, it's something that I'm now interested in. Like you, I'm not particularly interested in fashion. Uh, my idea of uh, my fashion is. That's what you amazing know, pair of red uh, ones the other day, by the, the way. I'll send you a link. Anyway.
1: Um, <laughs> and uh, did I tell you about them? Yeah. Oh, Okay. Well, um, funnily enough, we had a, we the week you are off last oh, yeah, week. We I, had a fashion I, documentary. Yeah. We had the Vivian Westwood documentary. Yeah, well, it wasn't very good. The documentary she it kind me. of just was what it was, and you're like, eh, okay. "Yeah, okay."
0: Fair enough. So, can I give you the most random yeah, news I, you I can hear all an week? Presence in most things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, you know, at the very beginning, you it, play it, one to explaining bad, what the Oasis is. And he says that you can go hand gliding in a hurricane. You can ski down the pyramids. You can climb Mount Everest yeah. with Batman. And they have, like, Michael Keaton's Batman climbing Mount Everest. <laughs> it's all the like, first 60 Batman. seconds. There's about 3,000 things in there. The commentary on this bitch is going to be insane. Don't tell me anymore. Like, the, I, just imagine that film's going to have a commentary track that is literally just going to be someone yeah, going, it'd be worth getting Star Trek, when it comes out. Stargate. <laughs> serenity twice by the way for serenity i was over the moon um oh i'm sorry it's probably more That's than great two, I, I would have been um, enjoying yeah, you, you could. You could literally it's just someone know. reeling <laughs> off names billy joel style of <laughs> and points if they do it to the song
0: as well but, oh man we gotta do that it's gotta be a youtube thing you know i'm gonna try to do that for next week just karaoke tracks that counts doesn't it Wait, if we get like if we get the background music we should for totally do to that like,
1: if we find out like when the Blu-ray comes out if they've not done it we should absolutely stick the that, Blu-ray yeah, in we'll go through it once and note everything down and then we'll go through it again and actually record that absolutely will all work anyway much What's random news random news um Spice Girls coming back record it. Spice Girls remember them
0: let's do that we'll
1: right. go yep I'm ashamed to admit I do remember a time when I was very attracted to Jerry oh, Spice lot. Girls anyway, um, the Spice Girls are returning to cinema screens yeah. for the first time in 20 years we are not getting Spice Universe or Spice Galaxy, sadly. We are, however, we're getting, Spice World getting an we're animated we're getting Spice, Spice Girls
0: superhero feature. Oh, man. Spice <laughs> Galaxy.
1: Funnily enough, didn't they actually do
0: that as a music video once?
1: Like, wasn't that Say You'll Be There? That I think is a great Remember idea. Remember they were in the I desert and they all had like... It. It's not animated, but they actually did like... It was like a Tarantino's type thing, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it's not. It's not animated. Yes, but yes kind of I remember that. One, yeah, and, but like I say, you know, it was. Kind of, it was. It was like yeah, uh, and John Steve was like the original outfits and City. Jerry
1: Hallowell. obviously, I remember that. But um, they yeah. are going to be each going to be a different superhero. They are providing the voices for them. They're going to be modeled on them. Uh, <laughs> the quote is: "The girls are fired up about the idea and are thinking big in terms of a franchise on a global scale." I think this is why, yeah, apparently the film, it's in wow. the works, it's being developed, but it's it's currently Liadum. being shot. So around wide to, wide like, we production do, companies.
0: were like, meeting up a couple of weeks ago? And- oh, probably. Oh, we need oh. to talk about Netflix in a minute.
1: But uh, we do, because they've had a little bump so in Netflix. the road. But before we talk about the fun that is Netflix, can we talk about whale meat?
0: Yes, we do. Why not? Yeah, yeah, because I think
1: all good days always involve a conversation about the consumption of whale meat.
0: Why not? Yeah. <laughs> we have weird lives. Whale meat and mercury levels in pilot whales, and <laughs> we loved it. Puffins and stuffing puffins, and
1: it was amazing film. You know, it was like blackfish. I, I feel like away. it sounds Let's, like we did enjoy it. It's the island in the
0: which is it, okay. It where, where, which country
1: happened? was this now? The Faroe Islands. So this is a, an island, this is, these are yeah. islands that basically their entire economy is built around fishing and whaling, isn't
0: it? Uh, it is uh, the Faroe Fishing, islands.
1: whaling, and is it seagulls? Seabirds. basically for food purposes. But the people who live yeah, on actually, the island yeah. or nearby, who we follow in this documentary, seagulls tend to eat relatively seagulls. nothing else. And we follow different pockets of people uh, you know, all the way through. It's intercut between them all the way through as it chronicles the the sort of revelation that the whale mm. meets is raising their mercury levels and will potentially kill them. And what that does to someone in this society when that's what you've been raised on. That's kind of all you know. Uh, we don't have a clip because it's obviously not in the English language, so we can't really run a clip on this one. But So yeah, this was this was a hell of a thing, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really was. It was the first one we watched, and without being rude to yeah, everyone, I thought we have won. Admittedly, I've off quite for about thirty second. seconds. I usually fall asleep, or I usually feel like I'm yeah, fall asleep. Yeah, I mean, and I've got I was years on you for this, but um, yeah, I, I, I was I was just
1: really taken in. By it. it was really. It's okay. you, you
0: are an older man than me. You, you've, you've, you've got some years on me. It didn't seem to be biased. It didn't seem to be
1: preachy. Like they, they weren't. They, they weren't to, to everyone was, saying, "Don't do this," but you to need to seriously look at the idea of moderation. One side, you know. I thought that was quite.
0: Yeah, it wasn't wholly focused on like the moral reasons for not hunting <laughs> whales, which I don't think I've ever. I've, I've seen yeah, a very few documentaries about. Kind of whale culling like i've seen the cove and obviously blackfish isn't about that but it's about whales and yeah it was it, it was interesting to see it from a it's different true, it was it's a genuinely stance, fast it was I 81 minutes as well though I, i'll be honest with you i, I was so into it because it did feel like it was over unexpectedly. But... Why...
1: oh is that it yeah i oh, okay. was kind of annoyed when it finished <laughs> i don't know if you remember it just kind of... oh okay i was i was enjoying that
0: yeah, it was quite abrupt. Oh, God, yes. Pamela Anderson turns up with her... Uh, what was it? What did we say it was yeah. called Whale Wars? Was it Whale Wars? I want to I hear some more. And then, yeah. uh, you know, Pamela Anderson turns up. <laughs> I mean, Pamela Anderson just turns
1: up on this island. Yeah, Nobody gives a toss. So When she turned up, I was like... Nobody cares about Bay the existence Watch? of Pamela Anderson Is on that, this <laughs> island. Um, Is that why? Have you never seen the South Park Whale Wars episode? At all? Where Cartman joins yeah. the... the Sea thing. Yeah. Well, that's, no. Usually most people in this country's reference for whale wars is the South Park episode, but uh, yeah, fascinating documentary though. Really worth checking. Yes, out, I have. It? I have. Yeah. I mean, not the most obvious sell in the world, Werewolves. but,
0: uh, Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nobody's picking this over like Ready Player One or Isle of Dogs or... No, I mean, you know, I'd probably go see Ready Player One week, instead but, of uh, state, like,
0: seeing this, like, if I, if I had a choice.
1: Definitely. I mean, like you yeah. said but as was, well, I kind of like that they, kind of, they, they don't it bother it was, hassling nice us with it, the nice well meet wrong element, which, okay, we all of sort of accept aspects. as a reality anyway, but, you know, culturally that's not yeah. their position and they don't go down that road. Chicken. <laughs> yeah. Like they, they view it literally that every day, not, not even the no, thing not all, kind they, of kind of context. And in a I, way, I, I really we would view, like,
0: just kept castle, that focus there, there and, and just yeah, did not waver maybe, yeah. and
1: give in to the uh, imposing of certain Western values. And I'm like, fine, cool. I like yeah. that. But uh, genuinely fascinating documentary. Though. Sometimes there's things in that I just never expected to see. And uh, yeah. Didn't ever expect to know yeah, how well whales are sliced up. But there we are. Just information. Yeah. Yes. yeah. We've, we've witnessed a man eat a puffin. I feel like we're at the end of Team America when he says, like, have you ever seen a man eat his own face? <laughs> we, then you we haven't seen everything, all, have you? We saw a man eat a puffin. Uh, <laughs> <spotwood>. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Okay, so let's see what's, uh, yeah. what's in the news. Uh, well, I'm, I'm just sifling through everything we've got. I mean, I think you covered, uh, uh, you covered okay, the covered uh, the. Okay, another stuff, piece of news, and then we'll, so. we'll go see oh, Nick Cage.
0: Netflix, we're not about
1: Netflix. No. Because they didn't call it Learn Netflix. That's why. They're annoyed. They're pissed yeah, about I mean, it. If it had been Learn Netflix, movies. we wouldn't be having this conversation. Or Netflix, yeah, anyway. let's leave on this. So, um, um <laughs>
0: French people don't like Netflix. What's Netflix with,
1: with that accent anyway? The X is silent, Netflix, Netflix, Ney wouldn't it? Would mean Ney wouldn't it? If you Netflix, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, the island of the Wales kind of does. Yeah, the bit X Sorry. is uh, silent. i <laughs> got you that, I absolutely got you. <laughs> Yeah, but, but every film does it end And so does, so does uh, Last Jedi. But anyway, um <laughs> ends with Finn. Uh, so, uh, Netflix have been told by Cannes that they can't enter competitions anymore. Uh-huh.
0: No. It definitely ends with Finn, and, Which, and nothing
1: else. But they, can, they, can, they can show their films in the Cannes Film Festival, not in competitions, so they can win no awards. They can have the prestige of
0: being at Cannes, but yes. they can't... Mm. But not in competition. Hmm. Yeah, and they, they can put they can put a little logo on okay. on Netflix on the film on the on the poster and stuff. But apparently the reason for this is yeah, well uh, the competition the, and festival itself. This news ties in with a comment from Spielberg earlier
1: this week as well, doesn't and it?
0: Netflix is not viewed as being a platform for oh, art totally. films. I, although, I, I have no
1: idea what, where the hell he's coming oh, from. Because no, he's turned around and said, Netflix should. films should not be eligible for Oscars. Because they're not movies. They're TV movies, he said.
0: Yeah, which I 100% disagree with. I think a lot of mm. people do as well. And
1: they should therefore only qualify for Emmys, because that's what TV movies win.
0: Yeah. They are they are TV movies. Mm. Yeah, totally. Despite the fact that they're made by filmmakers, they've got the same crew. I'll tell you something. I, I really want to see Spielberg budget, go rock up to David Ayer and then tell him he didn't make a film with right. The same, like, stars. I, if yeah. like they're, they're making films with A-list It's a film. A of it's time. a film, yeah. It absolutely is. Yeah. No. Yeah, Exactly. Like, no, no matter what you, what you think about Bright, <laughs> it's very true. Bright is a film. It is a film. No, they, they wouldn't it, have issues it, other than it's the fact the that film. it sucked. If it was released really on no one would have any issues. Well, people would, people would have issues with well, the film. Yeah, the I mean, if ocher had been but released like, theatrically, they, that's they, an oscar have film, have or at least Oscar-nominated
1: film. film. Yeah, that's a yeah. nominated yeah. film, easily. Um, Mute would been not necessarily been an award or an award nominee, but it would have gotten more, I think, esteem. Had it been released in cinemas, given what kind of film it was,
0: nominated, yeah. Possibly, yeah. I think, I think both sides just need to kind of relax a little bit on the situation, and by that I mean. Oh, yes. really. needs need getting to look into those, isn't films into theatres, and theatres need to be a little bit more open to Netflix and stop seeing it as really? competition, I guess. Like I I, I watched Al, um, uh, Alex Garland's new film, Annihilation, last a, week when it, when it came did out. Did you know uh, Peter Bradshaw actually exactly. hooked it up to his projector at and watched great. it, I projected it on his bedroom? I've watched it twice now, actually. And <laughs> <laughs> all I wanted to do well, was you put was it on just Twitter i asking you about the projector. That's all I wanted.
1: I <laughs> so thank you, thank you for settling an argument. Turns out you are allowed a projector in your bedroom. It's not, it's not weird. Oh really? But uh, yeah, that's what <laughs> you're doing. Um, but yeah, I've, I've I've seen about half of Annihilation. I quite liked it. I've not gotten to the apparently the really messed up stuff yet. But I am going to sit and watch it. Um, Netflix is in a really, really yeah. weird place <laughs> at the moment where they've basically got the goods, but not the credit, and. Yeah, I mean, show-wise, I don't think you can... But the shows, I mean, are, are just regarded... Because that's TV, people don't seem to care as much. They're no. just like, oh, okay, cool, and it's an award-winning show. It's brilliant show, it's an award show. But like I think when it's filmed, they, they get a bit sincere about it. It's, it's, it's an older man's game. You know, Hollywood is really... It's made by old white guys. No, that's interesting as well, isn't it? And they've won Oscars, haven't they? Yeah.
0: Do you know what I find yeah. interesting, though? In this whole discussion, no one is saying anything not about the pleasure, uh, yet. <laughs> Netflix documentaries. What is, Netflix, uh,
1: what is it what's about? Well, it's about, a, about there, it. Um,
0: a Netflix documentary won the best documentary feature, Oscar this year, Icarus, which was a great documentary. Oh, okay, right. I get you now. Okay. You should really watch it. You know, we can watch it at Netflix. Watch it on your Mac. Um, not not exclusively. It's more, it's more about doping. Yeah, but it it Could starts off being about a straight-laced documentary about doping um, in in cycling, in like competitive cycling, and it ends up being about Russia and about Russian meddling. Yeah, I think and I saw a uh, story about this guy like, last week Was essentially um, kind of put to yeah. task by Russia and then had his life being uh, well, he, he was he was kind of fearing for his life at one point and. Yeah. I'm definitely going to check that out. That sounds really interesting. Uh, The final point I'll make on the Netflix story Um, is it is really weird to me that people are so much more accepting. People in the industry are so much more accepting of of Amazon. It's about Because Amazon are a traditional route, don't they?
1: Their their big releases, the Amazon-funded ones, and like Wonder Wheel was an Amazon film, for instance.
0: Mm. Yeah, interesting, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Yeah, much oh, obviously went to a cinema. Flags page of Our Father. Yeah, place.
1: they 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 genuinely just release it as a straight theatrical release, and then it's just it's like yeah, instead of it's, it, um, a DVD release, that, it just Steve turns up on the streaming platform sooner. It turns up something like six weeks after the theatrical
0: Father. Yeah.
1: Well, you can argue that Amazon Prime have taken so many ideas from Netflix at this point that I think they're will one. Yeah, them. but I
0: think if Netflix do that, <laughs> yeah, road that's one. the position I want them to do, will they just be accused Absolutely. of copying Amazon now and... Uh,
1: one, yeah. uh, i'll, I'll it, end with one it might, netflix it might be best bit of course news by the way because other I mean, film news we talk about films they're making seen, they which, are I'm, i have conversations are so with people excited about, about this because, because i think it's going to be amazing i've wondered for years why they you haven't done I mean? this they are finally going to do it so you know next year netflix is going to debut oh, oh, a God, rebooted God, animated series um of where in the world is carmen san diego yes yeah with is it gino Rodriguez? providing the voice of Carmen Sandiego. If you don't know who Carmen Sandiego is, she is basically a master thief in a red, you know, dark-haired, sultry villainess yes. in, a in a red trench yeah. coat and a red hat. And she flees around yeah. the world, and the characters decipher clues to figure out where she's going next. Uh, very popular PC games in the early 90s, I think. but yeah. And then there was a short-lived Nickelodeon animated series, which I think is how I came into the, uh, the fandom. Um, they're going to make a live-action movie – also with Gina Rodriguez. And, you know, straight to Netflix. I'm like, yes, that's yeah, awesome. So. Yeah, I'm all in on that. She is, isn't she? It's, it's her, Rodriguez. Tessa
0: Thompson, Natalie Portman, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah, that's who you get as well. Am I right yeah, in thinking, she's, by the um, way? She's, she's I'm sure an, I picked um, this up somewhere. Uh, the five well.
1: uh, women in Annihilation are each meant to represent the different stages of grief. <laughs> clever okay that's quite clever Uh, (laughs) that's that's, that's actually that piques my interest more now but uh, okay i'm I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna cut this short i'm gonna go and watch the second half of annihilation in the meanwhile here it is your moment of cage hello
0: beautiful coffee
1: black with sugar